At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Well, we're in it now, boys. Yeah, welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I'm Dave Lugaville. Thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, we're in it. Fall season hunting, fishing, pretty much everything. It's wide open right now. Uh, here's your weekend recap and rant. So, uh, wrapping up the 2021 Loon State Bassmasters Tournament. Uh, not exactly the way I would have liked it to go. With that said, I don't think it really is going to affect too much in the long run. Because, uh, well, if you've been following along, I can't read a calendar and had double booked myself so i missed the first two tournaments anyways so drew zeros for that um which is just pretty much insurmountable odds to uh to make for i'm, I'm talking about making angle of the year um with the club i mean it's it could have been possible but i think i would have literally had to win like all the events that I fished and that didn't happen. I did, I won one and took second, which was great. Uh, but yeah, did not do very well this weekend. Um, so for this weekend though, it was a ton of fun though. So, uh, in picking our lakes, what we decided to do is a, um, like a surprise lake weekend. So no pre-fishing, no scouting, none of that. We just picked an area and then, so everybody got to put, areas in the state in a hat and we drew out at our last meeting when we were picking our lakes and then from that area come time of the event we would um put lake area lake names in a hat and pull them out and so then we'd find out what we're fishing the next day you know so not knowing on not knowing what's going on kind of fun you know mlf style a little bit i mean we still weighed big five we weren't doing a, a total fish thing but um just not knowing where you're gonna fish it adds a little bit different thing to it so the area that got drawn was grand rapids well deer river 
technically. I, you know, honestly, I don't remember what was. We ended up staying in Deer River, let's put it that way, which is pretty close to Grand Rapids. And then I think we tried to keep everything like within a, the lakes you pick because there's a shit ton of lakes in that area. We uh, tried to keep it within like a 30-mile radius. So um, we we're actually staying in resorts. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the resort. Sorry about that. Um, but it was on Bass Lake up there. And anyways, the first lake we drew was Deer Lake, which is like just north of Bass Lake. Super close, except for it was still like a 35-minute drive to the landing because you had to go all the way around the, the lakes to get to the landing. It's kind of crazy. There's like... There's no fast way to get anywhere up there because there are so many lakes. It's crazy. Like, there's just no straight routes. you got to go around all these bodies of water. It's kind of nuts. Um, so, you know, I started to do some research on the lake, look at the lake map, pull up the survey, look at satellite images because I've never fished Deer Lake. I haven't fished any of these lakes up here, really. Um for a short stint, I lived in Grand Rapids, and I fished a couple of them. I don't really remember, but that was so far back, so long ago, and way before I even remotely knew what I was doing. So, yeah, I mean, I don't even count that as experience. And seeing as how I don't remember which lakes they were, doesn't really matter, does it? So I pick a spot on the map, and I draw last i get the last boat draw for takeoff which big deal i don't know where i'm going anyway so it's not you know it's like oh no they took my spot uh don't have to worry about that um but so i picked out a spot on the lake that i thought looked good you know i went over the satellite images and cross-referenced it with the navionics uh app and it's like okay this kind of looks like because it's a predominantly smallmouth lake and so I was like, I'm going to try it. I don't really have a t much to lose. Like, let's just go swing for the fences. I think if it's going to be one, it's going to be one on smallmouth. Um, let's go see what we can find. So I take off. And uh, fortunately, and again, I was last. No, And nobody was on the spot that I wanted to try. Which, you know, one could be like, oh, good. And But me, being my pessimistic self, I'm like, hmm. Why didn't anybody pick this spot? This seems obvious, so maybe it's not obvious. Do I suck at reading maps? <laughs> and so uh, I'm like, whatever, I'm going to fix fish it. So I come up to it, and it's a big, like, shallow flat and uh, drops off into pretty deep water um, with a bunch of rocks, hazard buoys around and stuff. And So I, I get up to it, and I work my way up to it, and I'm uh, casting a crankbait. Uh, about a, I think it was a, like a six or a seven foot deep diver, you know, like diving crankbait. And I was, you know, hope to bounce off some rocks and, and stuff like that. See, just search bait, see if there's, see if there's anything around. Um, well, it didn't really take too long. And uh, actually I hooked up with a, a smallie, um, I'd say within the first, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. So I'm like, all right, all right, here we go. I'll throw that one in the live well. Like that's a pretty good start. I'll take that, and then uh, proceed to not catch anything for a while. Uh, went around this structure, and then all of a sudden I saw some you know, beautiful, nice stands of weeds. I was like, hmm, this could be something. So I dropped the crankbait rod, and I picked up a chatterbait rod that I had 
rigged up for the event, and I found this really, I knew I should have bought two of these, but I only bought one. It was like a really cool color and like a gold blade on the chatterbait, which I like, um, versus silver, and then kind of a browner, like more brown, green, you know, green pumpkin kind of skirt on it. I don't know, I kind of liked it. I haven't really seen too many um, chatterbaits that kind of look like that, so I was digging it. I mean, I think I made five casts with it, and then I see this giant fish come out of the weeds. All I saw was its mouth open pretty much, and he turned, and it was gone. So turns out there's muskies in that lake, so that's cool. <laughs> like, he didn't, he didn't waste any time. Like, he just engulfed it and was gone. Like, I thought, how can they never do that when you're fishing for them? You know, they sit there, and they follow it, and you got to figure eight and try to get them things to trigger a strike and this, that, and the other thing. And no, 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 no. He just chomped, gone. Like, All right, then there goes that bait. So I tied on another chatterbait. This time I was like a white and chartreuse and threw a new tail on it and uh, kept fishing around and couldn't get any, couldn't elicit any strikes there. Wasn't finding anything, kind of went out a little bit deeper Marked some fish down on the bottom, some schools of bait. So I kind of fished around that a little bit with uh, drop shots and net rigs. It's getting perch bites, like, everywhere. Like this, all right, this isn't happening. So I go back in. I kind of go over the same water where I hooked that first one, thinking, well, if there's one, there's got to be more. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And so uh, I'm like, I want to go try. Uh, and I worked down. There's an even steeper break down the line. I checked all that out. Nothing. Worked my way back. I was about to abandon the whole area. And then I kind of thought, well, weather's cool enough. I think these fish might start moving, get real shallow again. So I'm like, I'm going to go up on this flat and just see what it looks like. And it was kind of interesting. So someone, like, I didn't really, it doesn't really say on the map. And I didn't really notice on the satellite. But up on this shallow flat, it's actually like a series of shallow rock flats with, like sand or muck like in the middle so kind of it's really different like these little like tabletops real like super shallow flats like a foot or less sometimes some rocks were sticking out like really shallow but then there'd be like this steep ledge down to about three four feet so i was like try it from this backside so i threw a crankbait out there i was going over the real shallow stuff coming over that ledge and nothing nothing i saw they're on the edge of one of these um, flats was like the, a big rock and you could it was casting shadows and I'm like that looks pretty fishy so I, I cast over there and sure enough swoom, I get smoked on that chatterbait set the hook and it's another smallie decent one get it in the boat and then as I'm fighting it though I could see he's got two buddies with him I'm like oh sweet if I could get back in there fast enough bing bang boom they're all have four in the box right and they're decent they look it's hard to say in that clear water because everything looks like, I swear to God, 10 times bigger than it is. But they looked bigger than the one I was catching. So I get that guy in the boat, throw him in the live well. No call tags, no nothing. Just let's get back out there. Start throwing nothing. I don't get hit. I pitch back in there with like a Ned rig. Nothing. They just, they moved on, I guess. Or they're not interested anymore or, or whatever. So I'm like, ah, dang it. Missed opportunities. So I continue to fish run all these little tabletop flats and trying to repeat that um, process or that pattern, which I can't really say was a pattern because I never repeated it. Um, Through a bunch of different stuff, 
uh, up and around those shallow stuff, was able to catch some, you know, short fish and worked that whole side of that island. Because every time I, I was getting ready to, like, bail on it, I'd look, and it, with that clear water, you could see another shallow area, and you're like, well, I'm going to go try that one. Well, I'm going to go try that one. And then, you know, I backed off, and I actually marked a couple fish down there and uh, Ned rig and drop shot and caught a couple. But, again, there were those short fish, so that wasn't really doing it. So with the two that I had in the live well, I'm thinking, all right, well, they're they're shallow. they're not deep. They're more shallow than they are deep. So went back and kind of hit some and went back and worked that area tried to hit that rock again um nothing so i pretty much burnt up the better half of my day you know trying to be this smallmouth guy that i'm not and um yeah it just just wasn't going so i was finally like well i suppose i better it's better nose in to the shallows find some green slop stuff see what i can't find for uh largemouth here and and get me a hopefully get a bag and uh, so that's what i did and uh, i was able to find some fish and made some upgrades and put together an okay bag i mean i got my, my five fish once i once i went and started largemouth bass fishing and probably should have bailed on the smallmouth earlier when just my pattern just wasn't just wasn't doing it and um so anyways go to weigh in and um, I think I had 10, 8, 2 is what I weighed for my 5, so not like a great bag. Uh, I was good enough for 4th, and uh, Shark just absolutely crushed. He had 17 pounds, a real nice smallmouth, which I wasn't surprised. I mean, I think I was talking to Joel, I, like, I called it. I'm like, oh, that's a smallmouth lake. You know, Shark's going to crush, and he did. Um, so that was that. Was that. Uh, good for him, though, so he'll have big bag for the season. Spoiler alert for the following day. Um, and Big Bass, he'll have those awards. So that's good on him for that, and that put him in the running for AOI up against uh, Noah. So it's going to be a battle between them because, uh, let's see, they would have won. At that point, they both had won two events, I believe. Yes, after that day, they both had won two events. So kind of neck and neck for those two guys. So the next day, um, we we were supposed to fish bass, but then we all got talking about it, and we looked at the surveys for that, and then they didn't look that great. And everybody had kind of been hemming and hawing about fishing Wabana, which MLF had fished. The survey looked really good. Um, it was funny because we're all hanging out. So we got cabins for the weekend up there, and we all chipped in for cabins for the weekend. It was a ton of fun. We brought some wings and just a bunch of snacks and chips and this, that, and the other thing, hanging out and having drinks. It was It was a really good time. Whole club was there. Like, I don't think anybody was missing, which is, like, the first time all season, like, everybody was there. So that was pretty cool. And so we're all talking. Everybody's like, well, should we twist, switch it to Wabana? And I don't know. Nobody would make a decision. But, like, everybody kind of wanted to switch it to Wabana. And so finally, Tom, our president, was like, all right, we're just doing it. Okay, good, perfect. Finally, somebody made a decision. And uh, so we head out head out to there and um, – so I was last takeoff on day one, so that flip-flop. So I got to be first on this other lake. And I drew Dana Carlson as my uh, co-angler that day. I didn't have a co for Saturday, but I had a co for for Sunday. And uh, she had caught four fish the day before. So I was like, all right, I really, really, really want to get her 
to be able to weigh in a, a, a full limit. So that was kind of like my goal for that day. Obviously, like bigger goals to, you know, win a lake. But like I really, because now I'm out of it for sure for AOI. So I'm not really concerned about that. Obviously, adding, a, you know, a lake victory is not a terrible thing. I, I would, would like to do that. But ultimately, I was kind of hoping to finish strong for Dana's sake. So we head out. And again, never fish a lake. Find a spot on the map head to it this lake is crystal clear so deer lake was really clear too actually like gorgeous turquoise kind of water must have been the minerals in the lake or whatever i don't know but it was it was amazing well wabana very similar didn't have that turquoise look to it but like crazy gin clear like super clear and um come up to this spot and i i found it because it the this little inside turn that drops off real sharp and a little kind of swampy spot in a bay there and then just across the way from the island was a line of docks with slightly deeper water there so i felt it was a good place to start i could try that drop i could go up into the slop see if anything's there a quick trip right across the bay to those docks see if any any you know docks are holding fish so it seemed like a good place to start get a little sample of what the lake had to offer so just working the break and I wasn't going to start there. I was actually going to go into that little inside turn first. But I'd seen some stuff on shore that just kind of like, hmm, I think I'm going to try this. So I kind of did a U-turn and, and started that shoreline. I was just working that shoreline. And it was supposed to be calm weather that day. So I already had a topwater popper tied on. Well, when we got to the lake, uh, it was definitely not calm. <laughs> there was plenty of wind and plenty of waves. But this spot that I wanted to try, thankfully, was on the backside of the wind. So I was, it was still calm there. So I started throwing that top part around and uh, not getting bit. I'm kind of coming up to the, I guess you can call it a point, but that's where that little horseshoe or inside turn kind of starts. And I'm working that, that bait, and I didn't really see the hit. I'm looking around doing whatever, probably looking for geese because they're, migrating all weekend it was crazy oh what a malt migration day weekend we had that i missed for fishing but whatever um so i got distracted a few times so who knows i was probably looking at this guy for geese but anyways i hear the slurp and i look over and i see my line taking off and i was reel down set the hook and fish on i'm like all right that was just like day before and it's a you know decent smalling nothing crazy two pounder you know get him in the boat throw him in the live well go back to fish and i was like that's pretty sweet and then as i moved the boat over there because i was you know pretty deep water i was hanging out in like 20 feet you know casting it shallow and working out but when i got to where that fish had hit like it was 20 feet deep right there i was like holy crap that's crazy i mean not unheard of i've done it before and i've read plenty of articles and seen it where you know smallmouth bass in deep water especially in clear lakes will come up to hit a topwater bait from way down deep and they were doing that and so i kept fishing and i tried some other things ned rigs drop shot nothing 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 crankbait nothing i'm like well shit I'll go back to that popper so i throw that pop around sure enough i get hit but he misses i'm like oh come on and one time i see a big boil behind my bait and i it's, it's far enough away that i can't really see it see it but i could just see this dark shape and i could see this small mouth and he's like circling my popper like jaws and i'm like come on dude just hit it 
And so I'm just like leaving it still float there. And he's kind of losing interest. I give it a pop. He turns around a little bit. I twitch it, pop it again, and then he just drifts off into obscurity. I'm like, oh, killing me. Go back to fishing. Can't repeat that. I'm like, all right, well, let's go in. We try that inside turn. We tried this lop there. Nothing in there. Went off this point. Almost got bit off by a big pike. Thankfully, because of the clear water, uh, I saw him come out of the reeds, engulf my chatterbait, and I just didn't set the hook. I was like, he's like, now he's swimming underneath the boat pretty fast. And I just like gave him line. I'm like, spit it out, spit it out, spit it out, spit it out. And to my wonder, he actually spit it out. Checked my line, no nicks on it, nothing. Like, got out unscathed. It was quite amazing. It's a pretty nice bike, too. I bet it was close to 10 pounds, I bet. But it kept working that, went back to that small mall spot, and then had, um, no, no, we so we went across and tried those docks. Now, I was only able to try like half of them because as we went over there, there was a couple people coming out of their houses or cabins or whatever the hell they were, and they were getting ready to go fishing, and they are standing on their docks. I'm like, ah, I just don't even want to deal. But there was like three there that didn't have anybody on them, so tried those. No bites. Um getting ready to head out of that spot i'm like i check that point one more time so go go back over there and cast that popper out again and um i have one come and hit it from the side i mean he does that side strike and actually comes out like halfway out of the water so i see his back and i see how big he is like it's a good one one you definitely want in your bag probably three maybe four pounds like it was a big fish and he hit my bait enough to like spin it but he never got a hook I was just like, oh. and of course, couldn't raise him again. I immediately threw back out there with like a Ned rig or something and nothing. It wouldn't hit anything. And I, and a few times like work in that area, I would mark fish on the bottom, drop down to them, nothing. They just wouldn't touch anything. I got through crankbaits. I put a super deep diving crankbait on it, threw that around, um, drop shot, Ned rigs. I mean, I tried just about everything. And uh, couldn't get anything to go. So, again, we're like, all right, well, time to bail on this. Let's go find some green bass, I guess. So there were some reeds. And check that out. Went into some pads. I was able to, um, I caught a couple little fish on a frog. I mean, when I mean little, I mean, like, a 13-incher. And I got one that was right at 12, which is a legal fish. It's like, oh, my God. I mean, at this point, I only got one fish in the box, so I'll take it. And then we keep working, um, worked our way out of there, didn't pick up any more fish, went out and checked some just unbelievable good spots. Um, hit a reed patch, picked up another one there, so now at least I got four in the box. I'm getting closer and closer to a limit, but again, a little tiny one. And we went and checked some, like, got to spot where there was these docks that really dropped off in the deep water, and there's weeds all around them. I mean, like, picture perfect. Worked the hell out of these docks nothing go around there's a spot where there's a dock there's a big down tree extends way out into deeper water again weeds i'm marking bait fish out in front of it i'm like there's got to be fish on this thing flipped it nothing it's just i'm like i i just don't understand like i found a spot on that lake similar to the one on uh deer where it was like this shallow reef reeds all around it which the other one didn't now deer didn't have the reeds but um, 
real shallow and then a big rock casting a nice big shadow that dropped off into deeper water, weeds all around it. Right? Sounds perfect, right? No. Nope, nothing. Absolutely nothing on that rock. I couldn't believe it. Just crazy. So we're like, well, let's bail on this side. Let's the, the north end looks a little shallower, a little more weeds, looks a little more largemouth lake. We're gonna buzz up there and and so we do that and fish some reeds and some lily pads and I'm able to find my fifth fish, and uh, now i got to upgrade because there is one in there that I have. I mean, I don't really want to weigh any of these fish, but I definitely don't want to weigh my fifth one, which is right at 12. Like, that thing's not even a pound, you know, it's a tiny thing. And I'm able to do that. Uh can't remember. I think I caught it pitching these pads. I found some pads that were deeper, like five feet of water underneath them. Just looked beautiful. Um, got a few bites in there, but nothing crazy. And uh, yeah, let's kind of just finish the rest of the day out like that. And not, I mean, not only did I not get Dana her five, she didn't catch a fish. So like, sorry, Dana, that, that sucks. I'm like a terrible guide apparently. Um, but it was tough for everybody. You know, we go back to the way and it was kind of tough for everybody. Um, you know, people had their limits, but it was, um, they weren't, they weren't good ones. And a couple of few, couple people did find some, um, you know, slightly better. I think like three three pounders or right around there got weighed. I think big fish for that day was like three and a half pounds or something. Um, and the rest were all, you know, smaller. So it kind of came down to who had the smaller, the better small fish average. Um, and a couple of things that worked for other people. And honestly, I didn't think to try. Um, there's another Dale in the club, Dale Youngquist, and he was throwing um, weightless Senkos up into the reeds, which I didn't really try. I was going kind of going big with, with the jig. When a, and a chatterbait in those reeds. So maybe a, a more subtle approach like those Senkos would have been, you know, maybe I was getting baits in front of fish and they just weren't striking. That's very possible. Um, and so those really good-looking spots that I talked about earlier, maybe I just wasn't, maybe they were there and I just wasn't throwing the right thing. So, But I I don't know because Dana was throwing a wacky and she, you know, Senkos, so you'd think she would have got hit on that if that was the case, and uh, and she wasn't. So I don't know. It was kind of a bang your head against the wall kind of a day. Um, small consolation that other people said it was really tough fishing too. You know, nobody said they caught a ton of fish that day. Um, again, kind of wish I would have pitched that, the jungle stuff a little more maybe. Because I was catching, you know, fish in there. They just weren't really upgrades. And... um I think it just kind of came down to a, like a percentage game or a numbers game. Like you just had to catch enough of them to find a, a better one mixed in, which is what it talked to me. The other guys would kind of seem like what worked for them. Um, had just a terrible bag of seven pounds and something ounces. Like who cares? Came in seventh place. So that was pretty disappointing. Um, but for AOI, Noah won. He, uh, both him and Shark had really close bags. And uh, but he edged him out by a few ounces, so that pretty much secured him for AOI. So congratulations to Noah for that. That's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, so that's that's the season. Um, both days, however, the molts, the geese were just migrating like crazy. Saturday, not as much. Like they they migrated pretty much till about nine ten o'clock, I think. But Sunday was not surprised when I pulled up social media and saw a bunch of piles of geese on social media because those things, it was, I was talking to Joel or texting him at 2 o'clock 
in the afternoon. And I, as I'm texting him, there rolls another flock of molts up to at two o'clock. I mean, these things were a mile high, a mile high. Oh, it's just crazy just talking their full heads off. And I'd say about three of the flocks that I saw, I don't even know how many, a bunch, like were vulnerable as can be. Like these things were breaking up and they were talking and two would come over. You could tell they were just begging for a place to get down. Oh, you know, maybe because I wasn't so, maybe I wasn't as focused fishing as I thought I was because I did kept getting distracted by these geese. But, uh, and uh, yeah, I think the crew, you know, Mike and Joel, Austin, whatever, they, I don't remember all who was hunting, but I think Joel said they shot 17 and they all came down from the heavens. So that's just, you dream for those migrator days, but I was bass fishing. So. You know, that's, uh, this ain't a rant, but I mean, it's a rant, but it's not the rant for this episode. But, you know, when I combine my hobbies here, they need to really work better because I'd really rather not have any fishing tournaments during hunting seasons. Like, can that be a thing? Like, let's, let's not have any September tournaments anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. And then going into my, the ice fishing season tournament, I'm already having a conflict because, this year, our last event on Bay, which I, or not Bay, but um, Gull, which I really want to fish, I think it's going to be a ton of fun, is like the first or second weekend in March. Well, I'm already a week or better deep into my spring snow goose guiding out in South Dakota then. It's like, oh my God, you guys are killing me. <sighs> it's a problem when you're, you're an all around outdoorsman you have conflicts of interest and the fall like a like we're in it we're in it boys like this is everything's popping off i haven't had time to hit the woods and a ton of people are finding beautiful awesome delicious fall mushrooms and i need to i had to carve out carve out some hours and try to try to hit the woods i would love to find some you know hand of the woods should be i mean i've seen a couple people report some small heads that they found um People are finding kings or porcini mushrooms, um, lion's mane or bear tooth mushrooms. Like, oh, all these just delicious mushrooms are going right now, and I have got to get out there in the woods and see what I can find. But, again, fall is just, like, crazy busy, crazy busy. And I believe next weekend is the Minnesota archery opener for bow, small game opener. So that'll be just throw some more stuff in. And as we continue on, in, it just gets worse and worse or better and better, however you want to look at it. Because then I think the following weekend is the duck opener. And then, oh, my God, here we go. End of October, you got the, the um, or not end of October, but whatever, whenever in October the pheasant season opens in Minnesota. I don't do a ton of that. That's why I don't have the date in my mind. But, um, yeah, it just gets crazy busy. And, um and I love it because, as you see, I, I made a post on Facebook and um, didn't have any good fish pictures to show because it wasn't that great of a weekend. But did the old obligatory, like, scenery picture. However, I have to say, though, like, the lake is at both lakes were just crazy gorgeous. And uh, some of the trees are turning colors already up there. So um, it was actually really pretty. But I thought it was funny to use that as my picture for my post because it's kind of the ongoing joke like a sunrise or a sunset picture is like the hallmark of a bad hunt (laughs) or a bad fishing excursion you don't have anything else to show but scenery um i mean i did get my five you know my takeaways 
for this season looking back. Not just that one, but you know, any any tournament I fish, whether it's cash tournament or the club tournament and the TOC, throw those two events in there. Um, I weighed a full bag, all of them. So I can't be too mad at that. Uh, a lot of times they weren't the fish I wanted to weigh. So there's definitely room for improvement. Um, but, you know, I didn't, I could have definitely done worse and, uh, and didn't, didn't break my boat. That's also good. So, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of good out of this season for sure. Um, and this past weekend with the, those smallmouth lakes, like I really need to like kind of buckle down and, and make it a point to go out of my way and start fishing some of these smallmouth waters on my own time and just getting better at finding and, and getting these smallmouth to bite and i was kind of picking shark's brain a little bit and we were back at the cabin there that saturday night and i'm like all right teach me your ways because <laughs> uh i'm like you know i'm, I'm i feel like i'm using the, the things like ned rigs and drop shots but i'm just i'm not i'm not getting the success that you're getting like what am i doing wrong and he kind of mimes like what he does casts out there and just like cocks his head to the side and he's like just let it sit so when he said that, I'm like, oh, I'm moving mine way too much. I'm like working my Ned rig like a, you know, like a regular jig or I'm dragging it and hopping it and shaking it. And I'm probably moving my drop shot too much too. And so I need to do that. that that's something I'm going to have to work on. Now I will say electronics would, better electronics would help immensely. I mean, I have, you know, uh, the Hummingbird 7. I got the, you know, side imaging and all that, but you know, having like a 360 or a live scope or something like it, it's one thing to know that there's a fish over there and just let your bait soak. It's an entirely different thing to do that blind. Like, I hope there's a fish over there and I'm just going to let this line soak down there. Like that takes a whole different level of patience that hmm, clearly I don't have. So that's what I, that's what I need to work on. But Hopefully get back out and uh, do some hunting this weekend. Um, I've shot a geese, a, ge- a geese, a goose all week, all season long. So that's not great. Um, my scouts have just been piss poor. Not had good luck scouting this year. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can put together a good hunt. Of course, we you know we had the great migration this past weekend. So I'm sure we'll have like stupid south winds or something. It'll be warm or something dumb this weekend when I can finally go, but I'll make the best of it. We'll get out there. We'll figure, figure something. I didn't, I wasn't able to actually get out and do the teal hunt, which I wanted to do too, but I don't know. What are you going to do for my rant? Um, what was I going to talk about? Oh, I know. So while we were out fishing, we're, we're on, uh, was this deer? No, because Dana was there. So that was Wabana. We're fishing. And we had kind of headed back to that one spot, trying to make that happen again. And it didn't. And I see coming across the lake this pontoon. And they're a ways away. But I'm looking at their trajectory. And I, I look at Dana. And I'm like, how much you want to bet they pass between us and shore? Like the direction we're casting. Nothing behind us. Absolutely nothing behind us easy decision from way over there to change your course and go around us. Nope. Absolutely not. Full speed right between us and shore. 
as we're like, I made it a point to cast like where I knew their path would be before they got there. Just maybe they would then see what that they were going to drive over our fishing spot. No, didn't either. Didn't see it. Saw it. Didn't care or what. I don't know. Now, I know there's a lot of people that have been bitching all summer long on social media, posting similar things, you know, jet skiers or other fishermen fishing too close or this, that, and the other thing. But this is anecdotal, and I probably have a skewed opinion on this. But in my opinion, wreck boaters, whether that be pontooners, wake boats, uh, jet skis, whatever it might be, seem to be the absolute worst when it comes to boating etiquette, boating safety, launching their boat, or loading their boat. Like pretty much all the skills that you would like to have or want somebody to have as a captain on a vessel, they are the absolute worst. The worst. So what is there something, instead of me just bitching, I was like, what can we do about that? And I'm not sure there's an exact answer because I think we have there is like some kind of boater course you need to take now, uh, apparently, if you're a certain age, which is great. When, and maybe they need to just expand on that. And like you actually have to take like a course course because it just seems like they're oblivious. And then if you do say something, they look at you like you're the asshole. They're like, oh, bro, I was fishing there and I get that like I don't own the water. Like that's that's not the issue. Again, it comes down to like an etiquette thing, like a respect thing. Like what are you doing? Why why you saw that we were fishing here, why wouldn't you go around? And why wouldn't you slow down? I do that. If I'm coming up and I see somebody's fishing and I need to pass them or do whatever and I there's not enough lake for me to just, you know, make a wide pass and stay on plane and do whatever, I'll get off plane. You know, I'll jump off pad. I'll just like idle past them so they can keep fishing and then full speed as soon as I get past them full speed the other way I mean is that too much to ask you know again it it happens with fishermen we're definitely not um immune to such things um but it seems to happen far 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 less with fishermen than it does with the wreck boaters so I don't know what we can do about that but maybe just Man, I don't know. I mean, I guess at the bar or you're hanging out or, or just in casual conversation, like try to teach people. I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I'd be curious to see what you guys think. If if anybody's got a good idea, you know, hit me up on social media and let me know like like what we can do, if anything. I just don't know. You know, I generally try to be reasonable and I try to see things from other people's perspective, but when it comes to shit like this, I just I just don't get it. Like I just I don't it falls under the realm like of the umbrella of just like common courtesy. Like it doesn't have to be on the water. Like if I was doing that like if I was playing racquetball, right, against a brick wall down I don't know, downtown Minneapolis or whatever, you know, and then two people were walking their dog and they saw I was banging a racquetball against the wall from 20 yards away, would they go in between me? And well, you know, you would hope not. You, th- you think they would go around or at the very least, like, Hey, you mind if we pass through here and then we, you know, we would stop play and let them go through something along those lines. No, it seems like on the water, all, all rules are off. You know, these goofy wreck boaters, all they see is a blank canvas. They don't understand that there's like structure underneath it. That's the other thing. I mean, 
I'm sure the prop shops love these guys, especially the wake boats, because they just, you know, they're dredging down as deep as they can. Going over, <laughs> you can actually see skeg marks if you get side imaging and you go over some of these like sandbars. You can see the skeg marks lines right through it. Like, it's just, it's unreal. Um, I, the prop shop guys must love those. They have to be the worst captains on the water. I mean, they have to. I mean, am I off base? Go ahead and let me know on Facebook or Snapchat or whatever. Just send me a message on your thoughts on it. I don't know. It just seems like that's the deal. But All right, guys. Everybody, thanks for listening. I truly, truly appreciate it. Don't forget to follow me or subscribe on whatever uh, platform you're listening to this on. Um, I changed the... I don't know. It used to be subscribe and now it's follow. Or it depends on which platform you're on. I don't know. But whatever you're doing, you know, go ahead and, and if there's a bell, click a bell so you don't miss an episode. But also on top of that, feel free to reach out. More and more people are reaching out and I love talking to you people. Um, it's a ton of fun. Ask me questions, just a funny meme, whatever, share some stuff. And someone actually sent me a video. Hopefully, I, I think I saved it. I don't know. Maybe I can throw it, put the. I put a link to it in the show notes for it, but it was, uh, it had to do with rec boaters and it was, it was pretty funny. So, uh, keep sending in those ideas, guest ideas, uh, ideas for my rants. I appreciate that. It forces me to do some research and, and get into some stuff. Um, the hardest part about a lot of these is just like coming up with ideas. What am I going to rant about today? So if I don't see something that week, you know, on social media that like, piqued my interest or got my feathers all ruffled up i sit here and i go like "Mm, what am i going to talk about today (laughs) so uh i could use your help just give me some ideas i'll make a list and i can i can run down that list i appreciate it so everybody be safe have fun out there it's a busy 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 time of year Um, be courteous be kind to one another and whatever your passion pursue it full scale Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.